And so this morning, I want to, can you help me welcome up um, Pastor Sally Flamenco as she comes and breathes the word this morning. Amen. God bless you. Can we stand this morning? It's an honor and blessing just to be here to um, encourage you to know that all things are possible through Jesus Christ. Amen. We believe and we trust no matter what you're going through this morning, what you went through last week, what you're going to go through, that our God will provide. Amen. We trust and we believe. So let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you, my God. We give you all the honor and all the glory, Jesus. We thank you, my God, for who you are, Lord. We thank you that we could run to you with arms wide open, Lord Jesus, that you will carry us through. We thank you, my God, that you have allowed us to come to your house to praise your holy name. We worship you. We pray an anointing, my God. I pray, Lord, that I may put myself aside, Lord, and let you intervene, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, for your anointing, a fresh fire just to flow through this morning, my God. Lord, that you open our hearts and minds to receive the message that you have for us, my God, that we may apply it to our daily lives. In Jesus' name, we ask this, and everyone says Amen. You may be seated. Once again, let's give our kids another hand clap. Amen. Didn't they do awesome? Amen. I know um, my son's over here in the front. He's like, Mom, Mom. I was like, sing, sing, sing. And you know, that's my son. <laughs> but um, I feel 10 feet tall whenever, not only my kids, but when I see our mosaic kids and our youth come up. And just sing or preach or teach or do testimonies, man, that's what it's all about. Us as pastors, we're here to encourage. But when we see our generation up here, when we see them being used by God, amen, they're going to take our spots. I tell my husband, I'm not going to be here too much longer because Seth and Hannah are going to be up here preaching and teaching and singing. And I believe that for our kids. Amen. I believe that for our generation. Amen. So we're going to continue our series, I Believe. How many have enjoyed our series? I believe. I believe. I trust. Amen. So this morning, I want to share I Believe God is my provider. I believe God is my provider over everything. No matter what situation I'm going through, no matter what financial need I, I, I'm at, that I'm struggling with, I know my God is my provider. How many believe in that? Amen. Amen. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. And I love that back in the days when I was younger, we used to sing a lot of that song. Jehovah Jireh. Come on, my provider. And we used to, back in the days, we used to come to the altar and we would cry out and we say, God, no matter what I'm going through, Jesus, no matter what my need is, my God, you are my provider. No matter what trials or tribulations I'm going through, my God, you will carry me through. My God, you will do all things. What the world has to offer, what the world is saying, my God is my provider. My God will get me through it. My God will carry me through. Amen? Amen. But do we truly believe that? In the word of God, it says, Jehovah, my Jireh, my provider. But do we honestly believe that? 
Do we believe that 100% with all our heart and with all our mind that God is my provider? Do you know that God's provision is enough to meet deep needs of our life emotionally, spiritually, and physically? Do we truly believe that? Do we believe that no matter what I'm going through, my source is in Jesus. No matter what I'm going through, Jesus, that's all I need. All I need is my Savior. All I need is my God to carry me through. Amen? Throughout the Bible, we see that God revealed as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And it's so wonderful to know that God is the source. God is the source that I need. God is the source of my family. God is the source of my children. God is our source. Amen. And I'm here to encourage you this morning that God is everything you will need. God is your comfort. God is your provider. God is your healer. God is your peace. God is your joy. God is, oh man, God is everything. But it's not just when we're going through something. God is everything I need. Through happiness, God is, God is everything to me. Amen? Amen? The Bible says to ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks will receive. Amen? Everyone who seeks will find. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened to you. Amen? How many believe that? Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. I believe, I trust. Look with me in Philippians 4, 19. It says, and my God will meet all my needs. Say it with me. And my God will meet all my needs according to his riches. Amen. According to his riches in Christ Jesus. See, we're rich in Jesus. Amen. Because when we, when we meet him, oh, man, we're going to be the riches of riches. Amen? This world has nothing for us to offer. But I'm prepared. I'm prepared. And I want to do my best for Jesus because I want to meet my Savior someday. See, the more we see the little provisions in life, we will recognize the bigger plans that he has for us. The little things in life that seem so smart, small, but we believe like, oh, Lord, you provided for me again in this little moment. And whatever I'm going through something big, whoo, I see God's provision. I see God's glory. I see, oh, I'm going to get carried through because my God is my provider. Amen? But let me tell you this morning, it's hard to believe. Amen? It's hard to believe sometimes when we're going through different situations, when we're going through trials with our family with our children, with our finances, it's hard to believe and trust. We become weary. We become weak. We become, oh, our mind is just like, oh, God, I don't know what's going on. God, are you there? When things go bad, when things go bad, we need to run to the Father. When things go bad, we need to say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, be my strength. Jesus, guide me every step of the way. Because I know you are my provider. Mentally, physically, and spiritually, you are my provider, my God. There is none like you, Jesus. He will carry you through. Amen. <clears throat> I want to share this, um, this story with you. 
there's a lot as pastors we go through, amen? A lot of times you see pastors and you see, oh, they got everything together. Or, or you see, oh, they're not going through stuff. And I always say, I think us as pastors, we probably go through it harder because we're serving our mighty God. But let me tell you, when we're, when we're struggling, it might be with our finances, and you see Pastor Rodrigo when he shares about finances, and he shares about um, giving, and he shares about God is our provider. He will supply our need. Let me tell you, it's true. We see it so many times when we're paying bills, and sometimes I have to miss a lot of work because my kids are sick, and I have to say, okay, babe, I'll miss work. You know, you go. And and it's less money, right? But God always provides. When, when I see, oh, man, my paycheck's going to be low, babe. I missed three, four days of work. And, oh, this is how much we have left. And it's two weeks before the next paycheck. When we check our banking account, God supplies. It's like, wait, where did this come from? It's because we're faithful. It's because we say, God, you're my provider. God, I know the plans that you have for me. God, I know the plans you have for my children. And no matter what happens, I know you are going to provide. I know, my God, you are going to carry me through. Amen? When we seek on the little things, this is a funny story. Because how many moms do I have out there with young kids, right? Oh, man. I love talking to Sister Pam because I like, I like her stories, and i like, oh, yeah, that's right, huh, Sister Pam. I know, Pastor Sedley, I know. Um, but there was a situation that happened this week, and um, my, um, my son is in kindergarten, and we're getting ready for his um, school pictures, and I get this flyer, and it's three weeks. I was like, oh, I have time. You know, I'll see what he's going to wear later. Little things, right? Little provision, and I'm talking about little because God multiplies. So I'm like, oh, I have, I have three weeks to go. You know, don't worry about it. And then, I don't know, I just lost track of time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll do it over the weekend. So I go uh, Saturday after, after teaching the class. And I was like, oh, I'll wait till Hannah falls asleep. I started cleaning, started being with Seth, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's, it's 8 o'clock. All those stores are probably closed. Oh, God, what am I going to do? And I'm stressing as a mom, like, ah. Oh. And my husband's like, babe, why are, you, why are you stressing? And I was like, it's picture day. It's spring picture day. And Seth doesn't have anything. And then he's like, babe, knowing you, you probably ordered something from Pat Pat a long time ago, and it's probably something in the closet. No, no, babe, I don't. So then... I started praying. I started asking God, Lord, on the little things, he will provide. Amen? Little things, that's insignificant. But to us, it's, it's important. And I'm praying, Lord Jesus, supply. And then I'm like, I'm not going to stress. Whatever. It's just pictures. I'll find something that he wears on Sunday mornings. So then I go, and I'm like, I'm not stressing. Do, 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 going through his closet. And woo, my God provided. In the back of the closet, brand new shirt with a tag. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He provided. He provides in the smallest things that we're stressing about. He is my provision. He is my guide. Amen? So the first point, God can provide for us in a physical way. 
God could provide for us in a physical way. Through scripture, we see evidence of God being our provider. Amen? God being our provider. So I have this story we're going to read. He's our provider. He's our, um, as you set up, Brother Nessa, as you set up the table. We go through different trials and different tribulations, right? And a lot of times our needs are complaints. And we worry and we stress. One of the needs could be, man, my car broke down. God, what are you going to, what are you doing, God? My car broke down. How am I going to get to work? How am I going to get my kids to school? And it's a need that we, we want and we need, right? We need cars to get places. And it's, and it's a struggle. We complain. We say, God, where are you? God, I, I, I need this car. Another area that we might struggle and we need is if our kids are in need, of clothing, of shoes, something that the school's needing, our teachers, different supplies. God, my finances, I'm struggling. I only have $50 left to carry me for the next paycheck. And we complain and we cry out to God. And we say, God, what's going to happen? God, are you there? Hello, God, it says knock and you will receive and I don't see anything. And we start second-guessing God, right? Come on. Sometimes I go through that too. I say, God, you know, where are you? God, what's going on? Different situations. We might look into our bank account and say, okay, how much money do I have in order to put gas in my car? And right now, gas is what, 5 $6 a gallon? We're, uh, and we pray and we say, Lord, multiply that gas. Lord, I'm not going to spend more than $100 this week. God's going to provide. Amen. We see this day after day, but God wants to meet your needs. Jehovah Jairus is revelation of God's willingness and ability. Listen to this. God's revelation of willingness and ability to meet our need. Jehovah Jireh. So let's talk about physical need, right? I want to share this story with you. And it has, such, it has such an awesome meaning because it's something that we all go through in life. And it's of death. It's of struggles. Listen to this. Here's an example of Jesus' provision, the widow's oil. Now, one of the wives of a man of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elijah in 2 Kings 4, cried out to Elijah, help saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant reverently feared the Lord. He was a servant of God. He feared the Lord. He wanted to do his best for him. But the creditor is coming to take my two sons to to slavery in payment for a loan. Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have of value in the house? She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a small jar of oil. Listen, a small jar of oil. That's all she had. Then he said, go, borrow containers from all your neighbors, empty containers, and not just a few, not just a few, okay, 
few, we think uh, three, five, a few. Then you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out the oil you have into all these containers and you shall set each one aside when it is full. So she left him and shut the door behind her. They were bringing her, her sons were bringing the containers as she poured the oil. When the containers were all full, she said to her son, bring me another container. And he said to her, there is not one left. Then the oil stopped multiplying. Then she came and told the man of God, he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons can live the rest. What an awesome story. So you see a woman in need. You see a woman crying out to God, crying out, oh my gosh, what am I going to do, my God? What is going on? I, I lost my husband, right? I'm about to lose my two sons, my only children. I'm about to lose them to help pay for debt. What do I have left? What do I have left? So she goes to the prophet Elijah. What am I going to do? She's in desperate need, let me tell you. Desperate need. Different needs we all go through in life. But this tops the cake. Not only does she lose her husband, she's about to lose her son. And as she goes to Elijah, as she runs to him and says, what am I supposed to do? When we run to the feet of God, when we go to God and say, God, what am I to do? I lost everything. God multiplied the clay. God multiplied the jar. She had a jar like this. She had containers that she borrowed. And as she was pouring the oil in the containers, God was multiplying. God was saying, "Woo! I got you, baby girl. I got you, my daughter. You don't have to stress anymore. And she's filling these containers. When they're all full, she tells her son, bring me more. Ma, there's no more. Because God was multiplying their need. God said, through trials and through tribulations, my daughter, yes, you lost, you lost your husband, but he's in a better place. He's up there serving me. I'm not going to have you lose your children. I'm going to supply your every need. Amen? How many want God to supply your every need this morning? We have to believe and we have to trust that my God will provide. My God will carry me through. <clears throat> we see another story. Jesus feeding the 4,000. And when we see them, he, he tells the group, the crowd, to sit down. And as he gives thanks for the seven loaves and just a few fishes, he multiplies. He goes to his father and he says, God, bless this element. God, bless this meal that you're going to feed the 4,000. What a miracle. What a miracle. I know when I go through different things, trials and tribulations, I love going back to the Old Testament because I see how much they trusted God. When I go back to the Old Testament, I see how they relied on Jesus. A lot of times we rely on the doctors. We, we rely on the internet. We rely on different sources, but we don't rely on Jesus, the one who loves us, the one who saved us, the one who's going to bring that healing. Amen. And when I study the Old Testament, when I go back and see these stories, 
that were written by the Holy Spirit and by God's word, I see, wow. And I start praying, God, I want to be more like them. I want to be more into prayer. I want to be more into how much they trusted God, how much they believed in the miracles, how much they were obedient and trusted in him. I want to be like that. Amen. How many of us want to be like that? But we need to see, we need to pray, we need to fast, we need to um, understand how much God can do for us, amen? When we seek the things instead of God, we need to seek God's face and not his hands. We have to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I can't do this by my own strength. God, I know you're sending people to come alongside me, to help me, to carry me through. But sometimes we, we rely on other people instead of God. Amen? God sends us people to help carry us. God sends people to help pray with us. God sends people to help encourage us. But the ultimate, the person that has the last say is our Jesus Christ to carry us through. Amen? Amen. Another story I want to um, I want to share. I, I love this story. And it's a story that when we see it and we realize that we're like, wow, God, what are you really doing here? But let's read this. Genesis 22, 1 through 14. And it's the story of Abraham. <clears throat> Read with me. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, he saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. He said to his servant, stay here. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself would provide the lamb for the burnt offering. My son, and two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built the altar, ranged the wood, and he bounded his son. So picture this with me. Abraham himself walked. Abraham himself prepared himself. It doesn't say his servants. It says Abraham himself. Abraham himself bounded his son. He took his son. 
He bounded him, tied him up. Abraham himself took the knife. Abraham himself raised his arm and was about to slay his son. Abraham himself, key word. When he was about to slay his son, an angel spoke out. An, an angel said, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, yes, Lord, here I am. Do not do anything to your son. Do not do anything to your son. Wow, that's powerful. He was about to slay his only son. He was about to do God's work when the angel stopped him. When God said, no, no, no. And it says, when he stopped, there in the bush was a ram for him to sacrifice. God supplied his need. God said, no, 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 Abraham. I didn't think you were going to do it. No, 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 Pastor Selly, I don't think you're going to do it. No, 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 sister and brother, are you willing to go all the way for Jesus? See, Abraham loved God with all his heart. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his only son. Abraham was ready to take that step. He didn't know what God was going to do. But if we look into the content and we look more into the story, we see that he was obedient. We see that it took three days of travel to where God told him to do the sacrifice. It took him three days of agony, I'm sure, and pain. Three days of saying, oh God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm trusting in you. Oh God, I don't know my circumstance, but I'm trusting in you. God, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trusting in you. Amen? And that's what Abraham did. Three days of travel. Three days of saying, okay, God, I don't, I don't know what you're working, but I know you're working it out for my good. And as he traveled three days, God spoke to him, this is a mountain. And as he stopped, he said to his servants, here's a donkey. In other words, I don't, I don't want you to interfere. Because if we think about it, we'd be like, well, he, he had his two servants go with him. But why did he have them stop there and wait with the donkey? Because he didn't want the servants to interfere what God was going to do. We don't know what the servant was going to do. I'm sure he's going to step in and say, wait, you're losing your mind. Come on, what are you doing? I'm sure that's what, what God had prepared. Nope, stay and wait with the donkey. When his own son said, stop, Lord. Uh, when his own son said, Abraham, hey, I know about the sacrifice. Why? Okay, daddy, why are you, you know, where's the sacrifice here? I'm sure... I think of it as like, that's probably what my son Seth would be like. Hey, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's all like, oh, I'm thinking that's how Seth would probably be like, hey, mama, what you doing? Why do you have the knife? Why do you have the wood? Come on now. That's what our kids do, right? But when we see that and we're like, man, man, when he asked his dad for, hey, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham was like, 
my God will provide sin. My God will provide. Uh, you know, if I have to kill you, I know he's, God's going to raise you from the dead. I know my God's going to do something. I know. And listen to this. The key word as we start listening and we start reading more of the story, we see, huh, okay. He told his servant, wait here. We will come back to you. Oh, what does that mean? He told his servants, we will come back to you. Who's we? Me and Isaac, right? Me and my son are going to come back to you. So we see that he really trusted God. He really believed in God's provision because we're going to come back to you. I don't know how. I don't know how God's going to work it out, but my God is my provider. He's my Jehovah Jireh. He's going to help me. He's going to carry me through. Amen? I love that story. I love that story because this scene, this scene here sets everything up. It sets everything up to, hey, God, I don't know what you're working out. I don't know what you're working out in my finances. I don't know what you're working out in my marriage. I don't know what you're working out in my children. I don't know what you're working out in, in my finances or in my house. I don't know what you're working out, my God, but I trust and believe that you have it all under control. Remember, he supplies my every need. The Lord will provide, amen? The Lord will provide. Amen. So at the end we see Abraham arose. Abraham saddled. He took, he split, and he went. Abraham did not delay his obedience. He did what God had asked him to do. Even though he didn't know how God was going to work it out, he still went. He was still obedient, amen? Second point, God's ultimate provision. God's ultimate provision has already been given to us. God's ultimate provision. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the, the good news of the gospel. It is when he died on the cross. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. It is being set free from bondage and sin. John 3, 16, that's our famous scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, who shall never perish but have eternal life. Amen? Eternal life. Jesus paid the price on Calvary. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Once we accept him as our Lord and Savior, man. It's something wonderful. It's something great. I remember when I first accepted Jesus as my Savior, I was 12 years old. I was here at the altar, and it was at a VBS. And I remember, you know, we had the crazy clowns going on over here, and we had balloons. And, and when Pastor made that salvation plan, when Pastor said, do you guys want Jesus as your Savior? Do you know who Jesus is? And I remember... I went up and I said, I want, I want to be close to Jesus. Sometimes I, I didn't really understand, but all I understood was I want to be close to Jesus. I want to follow my God. I, wanna, I want him to be proud of me. I want to do my very best for him. And when I accepted Jesus, I told my mom, Mom, it was a weird feeling. I remember that at 12 years old. My mom did the VBS and, and kids ministry all these years. 
And I remember telling my mom, Mom, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know how to explain it, but I accepted Jesus into my heart. And when I accepted Jesus into my heart, I got this warm feeling. I got this, I got this like fire in my heart. And, and I didn't know how to explain it. And my mom was like, Sally, that's Jesus. That's Jesus in you. He wants to do something great in you. He wants to do something wonderful in your life. And I remember when I turned my life over to God, God was doing some, some awesome things. And I remember just like step by step, God saved me. God baptized me in the Holy Spirit. God, I was able to be baptized in him. And in, in the old times, this is where I grew up. And I remember this right here was our baptism. And we wore the white gowns. And I remember it was just such a beautiful experience how God was just something new in me every step, every step. And I remember one of the sisters back in the days, she didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, she was kind of like, I believe in the Holy Spirit, but I don't believe in tongues and I don't know how that works. And I remember she would talk to my mom. And at that time, in, in the old times, we had Revival Sunday. And Sunday nights, we were like, we were dancing before the Lord. We were shouting. We were praising his name. We were, oh, Shandala the Holy Spirit, have a new anointing, have a new fire. Amen. And when we were doing that, she's like, I don't understand the Holy Spirit. I don't understand speaking in tongues. But you know, you know what? When I seen your daughter at the feet of Jesus, when I seen your daughter praising his name, when I seen your daughter speaking in a different language, I believed in God was doing miracles. I believed in the Holy Spirit because she knew I don't speak Spanish. She knew my only language was English. God can work in your miracles but we have to believe and we have to trust in him fully. We have to say, God, I'm nothing without you. God, my only need is in you. God, no matter what I'm going through, Jesus, you will carry me through. Jesus paid the ultra sacrifice of dying on that cross for us. How much he loves you and me to say, hey, your sins are forgotten. But I need you to trust in me. I need you to take that step to say, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my mind. Jesus, help me survive this world that I'm living because this world has nothing for me to offer. This world is temporarily, you guys. This world we're living is not forever. Forever is our eternity. Forever when we might not see, God, why aren't you providing God, I don't see my healing. I don't see this miracle. Our miracle is the promise of eternity. We might not receive our miracle on this earth, but hey, we're going to receive it in, in heaven. Amen? God, I, I'm, not, I'm not making that much money, but our riches are found in heaven. That's what we're striving for, church. That's what we're striving for, families, is this is just temporary. But my Jesus will supply all my needs. My Jesus will make a way. James 1.7 reminds us, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light. It comes straight to the Father, amen? It, it comes straight to Jesus, the ultimate treasure, the ultimate provision, the ultimate need that we have. See, God did not promise that we would live in a life that's with roses, 
God didn't promise us that we were never going to go through any pain or any suffering. If we see, God didn't promise that we were going to have life in a silver platter. Woo, everything's going to be good. No, he didn't. We have to see Peter, James, John, and Paul all died for the gospel. Yes, they all followed Jesus. Yes, they were all servants of God. But how much did they suffer? How much did they, the cause was? Yes, they went through trials. Yes, they went through storms. Yes, they died for the gospel. Are we willing to do that, church? Are we willing to say, hey, God, I don't know. I don't know where you're taking me, but I know your promises are to uplift me, to encourage me, to carry me through. That's what Jesus wants from us. That's what Jesus wants us to understand that he is all we need. This life has nothing to offer, but someday we will live up in heaven to sing praises to our King and Lord, to have our crown of life, to have a bunch of jewels wearing us out. Like, ooh, I wonder how many, I wonder how many Jesus is going to give me. But our promise and hope is in Jesus. Amen? <clears throat> the Bible says, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. Amen. The wonderful light. The excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. In 1 Peter 2, 9, he has chosen each and every one of us. He has chosen us to do great things. See, as, as pastors, our job is to encourage, to instruct, and to teach. God just gave me that. Instruct, encourage, and to teach as pastors. And our job is to go out, to go out and make more disciples, to go out and share how much Jesus loves you, to go out and win more souls for God, to go out and say, hey, I'm not ashamed I'm a Christian. But I, my God loves you. My God cares for you. My God wants to do great things in your life. That's what all of our jobs are, to do our will and to say, God, I don't know how I'm going to speak. God, I'm really shy. As you can see, I'm, I'm really shy. My, my mom could tell you, I'm, I'm a shy person. I'm crazy with the kids, but um, I'm really shy. Humby, I'm shy. But he wasn't being honest <laughs> And the kids. I, I picture you guys, all my kids, so I don't get scared. My knees are shaking. But, but God has so much for us. God wants to do so much in our lives. He wants us to go to him, first of all, to say, God, I can't do this on my own. God, I, I need you. I trust in you. Remember this. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. In other words, if Abraham had only gone halfway on his trip, he wouldn't have finished the journey. He never would have experienced the known Jehovah Jireh. When God is asking us to do something and we're living in fear and we're like, I don't know. I don't know, God, if you really want me to do this. I don't know, God. And when God wants to shift, shift us and change us, and I've talked with pastor a lot, sometimes I have a hard time when, 
God is changing me into a new season or different, and we all go through that, I, have, I said, Pastor, ugh, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. And Pastor's like, Pastor Sally, come on. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not comfortable. I'm used to doing this ministry. I'm used to doing that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And as we fasted and as we prayed, and, and I see different people for counseling, and I'm like, you know what, God? No, okay, I got to stop. God was just like, mm, mm. shut the lips, stop talking, go to me. And as I was praying and asking God, he's like, you know what you have to do? You know what you have to do? You know your season's different. You know your season's changing, but trust in me. Believe in me that I will be your provider. And I'm going to close with this scripture. Matthew 6, 25 through 33. I love this scripture because when we're anxious and going through something, this is what helps me. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither soar nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Come on. Are you not more valuable than God? God is saying to us. And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the fields, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, which he much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. God is, God is encouraging us and striving us, saying, don't worry about anything, my son. Don't worry about anything, my daughter. I got your back. I hear your prayers. I see your heartache. I see, I see what you're going through, but release it to me. Release it into my hands. Release it at the altar. The challenge I give you today is, what is one thing you need God to provide for? What is one thing you need God to provide for? And ask him for it. Believe and trust that God will provide all your needs according to his riches of glory. He will provide all our needs. And we've been having an awesome time in his presence these last weeks. Awesome time in altar call where we could just sit at the feet of Jesus to give us rest. Amen. And to be honest, we all are going through one thing or another. We watch the news and, and we see shootings like left and right. We see, we see schools being shut down. Our world is chaos right now. 
and we see different medias, we see different things, and, and we start second-guessing God. We start saying, God, I'm scared. God, what's going on? God, are you there? And God is saying, my child, don't worry. Lay it at my feet. So this morning, we all have different needs. And this morning, we're going to sing a song, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you have a need, if you have a situation, the pastors are going to come up and help, help us pray, help pray with you. But trust and believe that your God is your provider. And as we lay it at the feet of Jesus, we say, God, I believe, I trust in you. You are my provider. You are the source. You are my everything. I trust and believe in your miracles. And I want to be obedient just like the widow was. I want to be obedient just like Abraham was. I want to be obedient just like Moses was. I want to be like Hannah who prayed and prayed and prayed. God used so many people in the Old Testament. But hey, God could still do the miracles in the New Testament. God could still do miracles today. And we need to believe and trust in that. We need to believe and trust that my God, he's my provider. Amen.